the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Paul says this, if Christ is raised from the dead, or if Christ is not raised from the dead, what does that mean? And and his answer was, Christ is raised from the dead. And so what that does mean is that the same power that God used to raise Jesus from the grave is available to every person who trusts in Jesus Christ. Welcome to The Barnabas Effect with Paul Purvis, Senior Pastor of Mission Hill Church, a multicultural, multi-generational, multiplying church focused on shining the light and love of Jesus like a city on a hill. You're invited to visit any of the three locations in Temple Terrace and Tampa. For information and locations, visit missionhill.org. That's missionhill.org. Now, with today's message, here's Pastor Paul Purvis. Here's all I'm asking today. Would you just talk to God and say, God, what does generous look like for me today? And then would you do what he says? Because the truth is, you, you may be able to be more generous next week. There's no compulsion here, but I want you to be willing to say to God, God, I want to live with generosity today. What does generous, gen- generosity look like for me today? And then do what he says. There's a second principle that Paul teaches here. Not only do we live with generosity, we look for opportunity. Paul was writing to these Corinthian believers while he was in Ephesus. Ephesus is a modern-day Turkey right on the coast. Um, Corinth was in modern-day Greece. So they're the Greek Isles, and it's in the Aegean Sea. It's a beautiful part of the world. They're not far away, but what he's saying is, hey, I'm going to get over there. I miss you guys, but I'm staying in Ephesus for a while. Meanwhile, Timothy's going to come and be nice to Timothy. He's young. It's funny. He says something similar to what he says later. He says to Timothy, don't let anyone look down on you because you're young. And he says to the Corinthians, don't look down on Timothy because he's young. (laughs) And then he says, and I know you like Apollos. Now, you know how he knew they liked Apollos? Because in chapter one, he said, I know some of you would rather have Apollos there than me. Some of you'd rather have Jesus, but who wouldn't rather have Jesus? I mean, give me a break. So he says, Apollos, I told him to come, but he didn't want to. <laughs> I wonder why he didn't want to. I just find that funny as a pastor. But, but he probably will when he feels like there's an opportunity. And so he's just settling this up. But then he says, but know this, there's opportunities all around you for the work of the gospel. So take advantage of the effective opportunities, the open doors that God has put around you. Do you see that in verse 7? For I do not want to see you now in passing. I hope to spend some time with you if the Lord permits. I'll stay in Ephesus to Pentecost for a wide door of effective work has opened to me. See that? A wide door for effective work has opened to me. God is at work all around you. Here's my question. Are you involved in what he is doing? So right now, everybody listen, everybody listen. You know what you didn't hear? A screaming baby. Somebody say, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. So um, you didn't hear a screaming baby because there's a lot of folks over in the nursery in the preschool department caring for them. 
Our children who would probably find it hard to listen to me, though I think it's okay. They would probably find it hard to listen to me for 45 minutes or so. They're in our children's ministry. Our students are having a great time next door to the FLC. A lot of them were in our last service. Did you know that we have one of the biggest mission fields around us, two miles from us? It's called the University of South Florida. People come there from all over the world. There are people like my sweet friend Crystal and her husband Mike uh, that, that serve with our college students because it's an open door for ministry. Do you know that our folks that helped you get in the parking lot today or greeted you at the door? There are people in this room that we call our safety team and they're kind of checking things out because we watch the news. And so we want to be aware. Are we providing a safe and a secure environment for those who come to worship here? I love today that I had a new friend up here on the worship team and there's a spot for you. You can be a part of this too. Did you know there's all kinds of open doors for ministry around you? And I'm just getting started. Did you know that five days a week, a couple of hundred people from all over the world come to this campus. You can travel the world just by coming to your church Monday through Friday, and you can get to know people and be a missionary without ever getting on a plane. Did you know that people come, I think it's on Tuesday nights, because they're dealing with hurts and habits and hangups in their life. They're a part of Celebrate Recovery. People come on Thursday nights because they're dealing with grief. They're a part of Grief Share. Just open doors of opportunity. I'm so thankful for my friends. Man, there are folks like Bobby and, and Rick and Faith, and I'm going to get in trouble because I'm leaving out names, but the every week are making sure you can hear us in the sound. And like last week, we had our, our screen was hacked. Cyber attack. Not really, but kind of. Somebody in another part of the building, um, uh, they were trying to get on an Apple TV and it, it got congested. And all of a sudden, I had every head bowed and every eye closed and a cartoon popped up behind me. I mean, it was chaos. And we had people like my friend Matt. They were on that like white on rice. I mean, we have people that serve, but there's opportunities. There are cameras sometimes that are empty because we don't have people uh, to, to serve in that area. What's your open door ministry. I like to celebrate it when I see somebody that's taking advantage of the open door. So do me a favor. Would you welcome my friend, Mark Stone? Mark, come on up here. Well, welcome, Mark. Come on into the den. Let's chat a little bit. How long have you been here at this church? When did you come? What brought you here? Uh, I started coming to church here. It was in the fall of 1990. Uh, it was a while ago. Uh, I was invited you are to church. An old guy. I am. I am. I, I earned my gray. I don't know. I started Amen. not as early as yours. <clears throat> but uh, I was invited to church in 1990 by uh, a cute coworker, and uh, uh, she asked me to come and visit her church. She'd been coming here for a few weeks, and she invited me, and so I agreed because when the cute coworker invites you to church, you go. That's awesome. Uh, does she still go here? Yes, she does. It's my wife. She sits up there in the in the tech booth most weeks, and she does all the words on the screens and stuff That's like awesome. that. That's awesome. Thank but, you, Faith. Uh, thank you. But uh, yeah, she uh, she introduced me to this church back then. It was a long time ago. So you came here. We were talking at breakfast mm-hmm. a couple weeks ago, and you were part of our worship team. You were singing today, but you told me, you know, Paul, I was on the stage, and I was just looking around and thinking about the walls of that church, and, and I begin to think about what it means to me. 
What does this church mean to you? Wow, it, it means so much. Uh, that, that was the start of something really, uh, really special, and it changed my whole life, that invitation to church. Um, it was here uh, back in uh, 1990. They were, they were presenting the gospel just as clearly as they do today, and I'd heard it for the first time, really, Amen. and it, uh, it just touched my heart, changed my life forever. But, uh, you know, I, I think of all the important uh, life events that I've gone through and, and some of the people that I know. But, I, uh, you know, I was, I was telling you that day about uh, um, I was saved here. I, I heard the gospel message and I changed my life. I was baptized back there in the baptistry. Uh, just a few feet from where I'm sitting now, I was, uh, I was married. Uh, I was Looking out that back door is when my wife walked through uh, uh, on her wedding day, and she came down the aisle with her dad. And I look at that back door, and I think of that day, and um, I think of uh, uh, when I was ordained as a deacon here. Uh, we raised our, our daughter here. Uh, I mean, I look out here, and I see faces of people that invested in our lives. Uh, you see, uh, Glenna, yeah, I see you there, and she uh, it was a big blessing and, 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 and helped with our with our daughter. And I see our old friends, the Moors, and there's the Horns over here. I mean, we, I mean, there's just it's just the it's the place is great, but it's the people and the people that I've uh, loved and um, lived life with and served with uh, over the years. Uh, it's just a, it's been a great time. You know, I, I love the saying, we're better together. Yes. And you stay that long, 28 years, you begin to realize uh, these are the people that are my family. Yeah. Hi, I'm Paul Purvis, the lead pastor of Mission Hill Church right here in Tampa Bay. Thanks for taking the time to listen to today's The Barnabas Effect. It's a ministry intended to encourage, equip, and empower you. You may not know this, but this ministry is made possible because of the generosity of listeners like you. We are able to be on the air because listeners like you are gracious and give to this ministry. Would you consider making a gift today? It would be our honor to send you a gift, a resource, as a result of your gift of any size. You can make that gift by going to missionhill.org and clicking on the banner that says The Barnabas Effect. That will direct you to a simple way that you can give right there online. Thanks again for listening to The Barnabas Effect today. And now we continue with our message. Um, You've done a lot of different things. But I want (laughs) us to think about that phrase, the doors of opportunity. What are some of the the opportunities God's given you here? Oh well, I've had uh, have plenty of uh, different things, and it's changed different seasons of life. But uh, I mean, I I came here and uh, I joined the choir. So I've been in choir when it had we had uh, robes and hymnals, and uh, and, went, and later on when we we got rid of the hymnals and got rid of the robes. I didn't do that. That's but okay. I'm, but I'm for it. Um, I was uh, you know part of praise team, and we have drama ministry here. I did a lot of stuff with that. That was fun. Um, I've been teaching in different classes of different age groups. I even worked in the uh, uh, nursery and preschool area when our child was about that age. And so, you know, we, uh, we felt good to You were grateful up. when she graduated. Oh, she was, that was great. That was fine. Uh, I, I did some, uh, some work with Awana and some, you know, lots of special events and things like that too. But uh, um, and now I, I, um, I sometimes do work in those cameras. This is supposed to be my Sunday because it's the first Sunday of the month and uh, I was supposed to be behind camera, but sorry, Rick. Um, but that's okay. Um, so you bring up something that it, we didn't say this in the other services, but it makes me think about it. So some of these opportunities, it's not like a lifetime contract. 
No, you no. haven't done all these things for 28 years. <laughs> and in fact, you haven't done it. You don't do them every Sunday. Like you said, you may serve in an area for one Sunday. Sure, sure. And like even uh, when we, t- we mentioned once before about uh, the 8 o'clock service, we record and put it on a, on a little thumb drive, and it has to be delivered to 6 Mile. Well, someone's got to take it over there. And some weeks, uh, uh, the, the, you know, maybe the person's not available or something like that. And Buck will say, hey, Mark, can you take it to 6 Mile? I said, sure. I mean, you know, so... Uh, um, so we're, we're broadcast on a screen there, and we're, we want the, the technology and want to be able to depend on it where it can just be sent electronically. But the fail-safe way mm-hmm. is to take it. And so, you know, that doesn't take – you don't even have to have a degree from first-grade Sunday school. No. Nope. just got to have a driver's license. And uh, But if you don't show up, the preacher didn't show up there because it's, right. it's broadcast. <laughs> so uh, that's yeah. pretty important. So that's good. Well, let me ask you this because there are people that are sitting where you were in 1990 – Although back then you said the carpet was blue? It was blue. Okay. So, uh, wow. Um, but there are people that have been there along the, the stages of your journey, and they're thinking, what are some opportunities for me? Well, it's, you know, a lot of the things that you, you've already mentioned. I mean, greeting, parking lot. I mean, there, there are things people can do, and do for that. I mean, I mean Usher. Uh, I mean, there, we've got uh, security. Uh, there's certainly opportunities in tech if, uh, if people are, um, feel like they're handy with a computer and want to uh, give my wife a break and uh, do some, some, some work on the, with the words on the screen. And as long as there's not a cyber attack. Uh, we don't want that. We don't that want freaky. that. I thought there was an interesting cartoon message that you implemented. Um, but uh, no, there, there's lots of ways. Uh, all the classes, I mean, we need teachers, but we also need other helpers that uh, yeah. that aren't necessarily teachers. Uh, I mean, people that, uh, that just pour into the lives of the kids and, uh, and that help parents and just create a safe and good environment. People here at, at different stages in their spiritual journey, and there's something for everybody. Absolutely, absolutely. You know, and sometimes I've noticed, Mark, that um, we think there'll be a better time, <laughs> and yet what I've learned just as a pastor, sometimes doing ministry is what fuels me. I'm going to give an illustration. Right. We're a large church, so yeah. every day, some hung out some this week. It's not been an easy week. I've That's had right. some physical issues and some other challenges just in the ministry. And I woke up yesterday and I jumped in the pool, but I really felt, you know, I just want to go visit the hospitals. So I I called Pastor Gary and left him a message that was not clear because I think I scared him. He thought to the hospital for me. So I had to call him back and say, no, 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 I'm visiting hospitals. I just don't want you to come. And so, um, and so I, I sat with my friends, Robert and Rosemary, normally they sit right over here and uh, Rosemary had a fall this week, and man, they just encouraged me more than I encouraged them. Today, that was sweet. Glad she got. Then I went up to see Gene Gray. Gene's been here forty. Years. He was the chairman of deacons. He was ordained. He's the one that came to my house. Weeks ago, he had a fall. Came to Sunday afternoon. He had a fall in his in his head. He's basically been. I walked in and he was asleep and I just began to pray. And then I felt led to talk to him. I wasn't necessarily going to wake him up. And I said, Gene, he opened his eyes. And he said, hey, barely whispered. I began to tear up and I said, man, you're doing better. This is awesome. And we talked and I read some scripture and we prayed. And then I heard something behind me and Jeannie, his wife, and Jana, their daughter had, had come in. And man, it was 
It was a sweet visit. I'm so glad Gene's doing better, but man, I needed that. It was for me. And it, I, I tell that story just to let you understand sometime ministry fuels us. You're waiting to say, well, when I get my life figured out or when I feel more when I find my place, I'll do this. No, maybe that's what you just need to do. Thank you for my friend, Mark Stone. I love you. Now let's wrap up what Paul wrapped up real quickly. So I'm going to live with generosity. I'm going to look for opportunities. And then I'm going to love with intentionality. That shouldn't be hard. I'm going to read one verse and help you understand it. But our theme here is that we love God passionately and we love others intentionally. So what does that look like? The verse... It's 1 Corinthians 16, 13. Listen to what it says. Be watchful, stand firm in the faith, act like men, be strong, and let all that you do be done in love. Now, 1 Corinthians is a book that gives us 1 Corinthians 13, and what do we call that? The love chapter. So there's a lot about love in this book. But right here, he tells us what love causes us to do. And remember, love's not just an emotion, Love is an emotion, but it's so much more than an emotion. Love is enacted in our life as it pervades us, as it covers us. And the first thing he says is that love causes us to be alert, to be on guard, to recognize that there are adversaries that would keep us from the opportunity. Be on the guard. Watch out for the potholes that cause you to mess up. Some of the mess ups you and I have, we know they're coming. Stop it. Stop doing the same thing again and again and again. You're being self to stay on the love causes us to stand firm in what we believe. He says, stand firm in the faith. So that's why I want to commend you on being here today and on your regular practice of being in church. Because as you develop this discipline, it's what helps you learn and grow as part of the family of God. And as you do that, it gives you the ability to stand firm. When the winds, the storms of life comes, you won't be tossed about because you say, this stinks, but I know the truth. So love causes us to do that. Love causes us to grow up. He said, now, was he being sexist? I don't think. Men, and I want the women to dress like That's not what he. Boy has to sit down and the man stands up. There comes a time when the, the little girl sits down and the lady stands up. And I don't know if you're going to like this or not, but I've been doing this a while. Almost 25 years now, and whether it's talking about people's personal lives or whether it's talking about churches, I can tell you that most of the problems that cause mess-ups stem from immaturity. Because when we're little children, we are expected to think it's all about us, and we cry, me, 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 and my, 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 and we want it our way. And too many people, when we grow up, that never changes. And so that's what he means. Love compels us to mature. And then love compels us to be strong. He says, be strong, be strong. And you need strength in this world. Sometimes I feel like chicken little. I turn on the news and I think, good grief, the sky really is falling. I mean, I, my mom has said all of my life, I think Jesus is coming back in my lifetime. I'm starting to believe her. She's still alive. She's 82. Because <laughs> our world is in a mess. 
And the love of Jesus Christ compels me to be strong. And here's the good news. I know from Philippians 4 that because of the love of Jesus Christ, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. So Paul's at the end. He says, there you go. That's your life. That's how to fix it up. And then he gives them a bottom line. Let me give you the bottom line. Read a couple of verses and then pray. Here's the bottom line. You get to choose whether or not you're going to keep living a messed up life or if you're going to live life the way it should be. This is a paradox to me. I wish I could tell you I've got it all figured out. My God is sovereign. He knows everything. He's always present. But scripture is clear. My sovereign God gives me the ability to make choices that influence my life. That's clear in the book from the beginning to end. Joshua was with the children of Israel after they entered into the promised land. And you know what happened. He said, you can make a decision. If you want to live the life that the evil people live in this part of the world, live it. If you want to go to the gods of your fathers, do it. If you want to follow the people on the other side of the river, go do it. Choose this day whom you're going to serve. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Deuteronomy, it's even more clear. Deuteronomy 30 verse 9, I call heaven and earth to witness against you today. I've set before you life and death, blessing and curse. Therefore, choose life. And the great apostle Paul, as he comes to the end of this fantastic letter, the tone changes, and we know that. Because in verse 21, he says, I, Paul, write this greeting with my own hand. What does that mean? If you've studied the New Testament, you know that most of what we have written by the Apostle Paul was physically written by a scribe. He had very bad eyesight. That's what history records. And so he would not write it. But for some reason, inspired by the Holy Spirit of God, he turned to the scribe and says, hand me the pen. And so if you're in Corinth and you're reading this letter, all of a sudden the handwriting changes. And it looks like it's written by an old person with messy handwriting. And he says this. If anyone has no love for the Lord, let him be accursed. Our Lord come. What he's saying? He's saying you still get to choose. You get to choose whether or not you're going to stay in a messed up life or whether or not you're going to live the fixed up life. If anyone has no love for the Lord, let him be accursed. It's the Greek word. That word accursed is the Greek word anathema. You've heard that before, and it sounds like a curse. That's anathema. You get to choose whether or not you're going to live under the curse or under the blessing. So after that, he says, so come Lord, even so come Lord. And that in the Greek is the word Maranatha, which means blessing, the blessings of God. How do I live under the blessings of God rather than the curse? Well, he makes sure they know that in verse 23. He says, the grace of the Lord Jesus be with you. Oh, dear friend, please don't miss this. 
regardless of the level in your eyes of your mess up, the only thing that fixes up our mess ups is the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ. The only truth that is going to be powerful truth as you navigate life is going to be the truth of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. So saturate yourself in the gospel. Think of the gospel as necessary for every breath in your life. Recognize that it's the gospel that's going to allow you to survive in your marriage. It's the gospel that's going to allow you to find fulfillment in your career or in your education. It's the gospel that's going to help you relate with those dis- difficult people. It's the gospel that's going to help you understand how to get to, how to get through this financial crisis. It's the gospel that's going to allow you to maneuver emotional health issues or physical health issues. It's the power of the gospel and the good news is the same power that conquered the grave of the Lord Jesus Christ is available to you through the gospel. So let Jesus fix up your messed up lives. You've been listening to The Barnabas Effect with Pastor Paul Purvis. The Barnabas Effect is here to provide listeners like you with biblical truth and spiritual encouragement. But it can't be done without your financial support. Go to missionhill.org and click on the Give tab. Your financial support helps us reach those seeking truth about God and themselves. Thank you for giving at missionhill.org. And join us weekdays at 9 a.m. for The Barnabas Effect with Pastor Paul Purvis on Faith Talk AM 570 and 910.